0: This week's Torah portion is Nitzavim and Vayelech. Look, I didn't change the dates. It should be 5781. We're about to turn over into 5782. But this week's Torah portion is found in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 9, all the way to Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. So if you have a Bible, turn there real quick. Deuteronomy 29, starting in verse 9. We're going to read a little bit about 20 verses before I get into the teaching here. Deuteronomy 29.9. So if you're taking notes, kids, this is where you're gonna write, you know, the text that I'm teaching from is Deuteronomy 29 or Nitzavim. Nitzavim is the 51st Torah portion of the year out of 54. Devarim, Deuteronomy is wrapping up. Oh, I forgot to mention this past Wednesday night, I went to United, no, I went to um, Covenant, United Methodist Church here in Dothan on Highway 84. And they invited me over to bring our Torah scroll and to do a Torah scroll exhibit. And we had a great show, uh, about 30 people from their Bible study group there in their fellowship hall. And then about eight to 10 of you from DMF came, so thank you for coming. And we unrolled the scroll I taught about what a Torah scroll is, what the Torah is, um, what, what our Messiah taught about the Torah, um, talked about how they're made, how we, how we respect them then we opened it up and we we all gathered around and picture all these you know people who have never seen inside of a Torah scroll before gathering for the first time and looking at it and seeing one of the oldest if not the oldest man made document they'll ever see in their entire lives right there that night and we looked at the name of god we looked at the ironic benediction um, we looked at what is a jot what is a tittle taught them all that and it, was, it was really cool and a lot of a lot of lights were going off and stuff so Um, I invited them, of course, to our holy day celebration. They might come to um, a Rosh Hashanah celebration, so we'll see. But it was really good. Thank you guys for uh, for allowing me to do that, and for those who came and were part of that as well. Nitzavim. Let's read verse nine and go to verse twenty. Okay. Today you are Nitzavim. You're standing, all of you, before Adonai your God, your heads, your tribes, your leaders, and your officers, all the men of Israel. Along with your little ones, your wives and your foreigners here with you in your camp. From the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. The purpose is that you should enter into the covenant of Adonai your God. And into this oath, his oath, which Adonai your God is making with you today. So that he can establish you today for himself as a people. And that uh, for you, he will be God as he said to you as he swore to your ancestors to Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But I'm not making this covenant and this oath with only you. Rather, I'm making it both with him who is standing here with us today before Adonai, your God, and also with him who is not here with us today. Like future generations, right? For you know how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we came directly through the nations you passed through and how you saw their detestable things and their idols of wood, stone, silver, and gold that they had with them. So let there not be among you a man, a woman, a family, or tribe whose heart turns away today from Adonai your God to go and to serve the gods of those nations. Let there not be among you a root-bearing, poisonous, bitter venom, and wormwood. That word there is la'ana, it's sometimes translated as like hemlock. If there is such a person, when he hears the words of this curse, he will bless himself secretly, saying to himself, I will be all right, even though I just stubbornly keep doing what I feel like doing, so that I, although dry, will be added with the water. But Adonai will not forgive him. Rather, the anger and jealousy of Adonai will blaze up against that person. Every curse written in this book will be upon him. And Adonai will blot out his name from under heaven. Adonai will single him out from all the tribes of Israel to experience what is bad and all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the Torah. So this verse I wanted to zoom in on today was verse 19. And... It's right here. Beware. This is a different translation. Beware lest there be among you a man or a clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of the nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. Because when such person hears the words of his oath, he invokes a blessing on himself saying, I will have peace even though I walk in the dictates of my own heart. This will bring disaster on the watered land as well as the dry. A little bit different translation. I think that's the ESV. I, I, like, I like things about the complete Jewish Bible's translation, but I like things about the ESV as well. But I like that it says, I will walk in the dictates of my heart. Here it is in the original language in Hebrew. Mor shalom. You will say Peace ki, that I will, have, I will have peace, he'll say. This is the key word right here. Bishri rot, livi. Bishri rot in my heart. What is, what is that word eleha that you'll have? So this word shiri rot, it's decisions, firmness, or stubbornness. It comes from the root shor, which means an umbilical cord. Now, every Hebrew noun can be tied back to a physical object that you can see with your own eyes. Sure is an umbilical cord. So what this person is saying is like, be careful. They will say, I will have shalom, even though I decide and act on what is right or wrong while firmly attached to and led by my own heart. Hmm. Informed by the desires of my heart. That's my, that's my understanding of morality. Uh, he'll still bless me. He'll other, still give me peace. In other words, deluded. deluded. yeah. In other words, follow your heart, right? Disney on Ice says that. It's the gospel of Disney. Follow your heart. You can't go wrong. Have you ever heard that before? It's the gospel of Disney. I've got a video. Now, I... Um, I did a little walking around downtown yesterday. In downtown Dothan, I looked like a crazy man, walking the block like five times over and over. But I was determined, I was just praying. I was like, God put the right people in my path and I'm just gonna walk up to total strangers. I'm gonna cross the street to, to cross paths with people and then approach them with this random question. And uh, I asked, I think I interviewed a total of 10 people within about an hour and a half time span walking around downtown Dothan. And now you guys got to remember we're in Dothan, Alabama. It is with, well within the Bible belt, right? Culturally speaking, we are a Christian state, a Christian, probably majority of the faith represented in Dothan, Alabama is a Christian. The, the gospel is well saturated into this culture here, isn't it? So to speak. A, a version of it, I should say. Well, I walked around and after interviewing 10 people, I got some interesting results on this question. Um, And I wanna share, I actually filmed their reactions. I got their permission to actually share them with you. I explained what I'm doing and said, can I have your permission to share them with a bunch of other strangers? And they said, sure. What fascinated me about this was these people were so willing to answer this question. There was not a single person that said, no, I don't have the time. Or no, I don't wanna answer that question. It's above me, I don't have the time to do that. Or I don't have the capacity to do that. Every single person I asked, they were like, yeah, what's the question? I asked the question and they were like, and they took a stab at it. Which tells me that every single human being really has to grapple with this question that I'm about to ask them. Every single human being is trying to answer this question. And you can watch their facial expressions change as soon as they hear the question. They probably thought I was gonna ask, what's your favorite movie or something? And then I hit them with this like, fast fast pitch of a you know, question. We'll see see how it goes. Let me see how the volume is, is good. Alright, this is V. Uh, and B, you agree to answer this question. in you ready for it? I'm ready. Right. What is morality? What is right and what is wrong? And who gets to make that up? Who gets to define it? You... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hit the button. I was trying to change the volume of my... To okay, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, you know, I was brought up in church, okay. you
1: know, and uh if you didn't know, I'm gay. Okay. And I, I feel like know. uh, you know, my my mother, my stepdad was a pastor, okay. and my mother still treats me like I'm a human being. She loves me.
2: Yeah. So
1: I feel like that is a great example of morality because some Christians going to hell, you know, they tell us, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. But in her eyes I'm still her kid and she loves me. Yeah. And I feel like that unconditional love is the right way to treat everyone. Because if Christ was here on earth, I feel like that's how he would treat me as well.
0: Okay. Okay, agree. So So the
1: wrong way would be that example such a Christian but you disown your children some churches don't even allow us to come in the building yeah. because
0: of how we looks so I feel like that is the wrong right so you're let me try to understand this right okay. you're saying as long as it's based in love that's right Right. so what if I love to steal things does that make it right
1: no because that's just wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, like, I love to to neglect animals and beat animals. Does that make
1: it okay?
0: I'm wrong, but I feel like That's the difference. Okay. Stealing and killing. That's wrong. Some people... Yeah. What do you say? Can I put on camera? No? Can I film the table as you say it? Because my microphone didn't pick it up. Okay. Somebody sitting here. Can you repeat your answer? Yeah, I feel like
1: morality has kind of defined by the individual. We all have different,
0: different morals, whether they're high, or whether they're okay. low, and just because of how our life doesn't mean us right at all. So but. if me as an individual wanted to steal a purse out of someone's car, does that make it wrong? Because in my individual morality dictated that that's okay yeah, sure to do.
1: Exactly.
0: But how can you say that that's wrong? Okay, but let's say I don't hurt someone. Let's say I take a can of spray paint and I graffiti up the front of someone's home. I'm not hurting anyone. How? They don't have to pay for the other person. All they pay for was the spray paint. Okay, what about like an animal? Can I? Do you want to be on
2: camera?
0: (laughs) No, if What if um, I hurt an animal and I just like neglect and abuse an animal? Does that make it okay? Why not? That dog or that animal that feelings. But who are you, I'm just playing down like right who are you to say that that, that morality in me, how I dictate morality, is actually wrong. What For me personally, okay. I think
2: that's where like our core belief
0: actually happened to all yeah. for me personally, it could be different for every okay. individual. What if a bunch of people agree that something is okay, and they carry it out. Does that make it right? Not like scary, if like, yes. 99% of the population say that something is right, does that make it right? No, and
1: that's actually a very, very scary.
0: Okay, yeah. then where does morality stem from? You said the individual, you said love. I already got presents here. Think about
1: it. It is, I feel, like with, I feel like with any topic, you can debate anything in mm-hmm. life. Like you yeah. can always fire, are the of any oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Any and that's good to do. Yeah, you know yeah it's, it's important to have that healthy discussion yeah. and dialogue. But this this question is so important because it tells us how we govern humanity, yeah. right? And it tells us do we punish people who do wrong, and if so, what is wrong? Do we not? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do you agree that do you agree that wrong needs to be like dealt with and punished somehow? Like, so yeah. if someone murders someone right do you believe that that needs to be dealt with somehow and punished somehow as a society sure yes
1: i do but i also believe
0: that people can change oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i mean i have i have really done wrong things in my life yeah so we gotta we gotta really pin this question down like where does morality come from because already just in this room alone we have different answers like you said love and i love to like hit puppies, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really but, And, and, and you, you would not be able to say that, that I'm wrong in that, but that's the wrong thing because I love that. And you said it comes from the individual, and an individual, like, you can't, like, as long as I'm not hurting somebody, so, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now you're kind of do you, have, do you have a thought where morality comes from and who gets to define it? It's a very important question, right? Like, some people, I asked a, a woman earlier today, and she said, and I say, well, have the courts ever been wrong on something before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The courts are very corrupt sometimes, right? Especially in other countries, they're very corrupt. Mm-hmm. And we can't, so we can't say that the courts are the be-all and end-all of morality then, because the courts have been wrong. So what is the be-all and end-all of what is right and wrong? I think
1: when
0: it comes down to that, for me, it's God. God, okay. So you're saying God, okay. Now, where do you find that source of morality from God? Where would you say to this okay. so what would you say about <laughs> you what would you say about members of Isis who abduct women and use them as like concubines? would you say they're they they're God God is telling them that's okay Exactly. Is that a scary but world to live in? So, yeah. you yeah. believe in the God, you believe in the creator? Do you believe in God? Yes. Me? Okay. So, Do I believe in religion. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so, really, it seems like it's coming down to maybe that God is the source of morality. And we just have to figure out which representation of God is the accurate representation of God. Okay, what's your name? Chelsea. Chelsea, uh, here's the question. What is morality, and who gets to define what it is? What is right or wrong, and who gets to set that standard? Um, That's a good
2: question. That's a question? I guess I would define morality.
3: Um... Like, does the law, like, do courts decide it? Do the populace decide
0: it? I'd
2: say it'd be more of like a de-
0: Yeah. Uh, so if it,
2: yeah. High time, say that, so. the population <laughs> yeah, you mentality to call it democratic.
0: So if yeah. it were like a democratic thing, let's say, uh, and just like it takes a majority of people to decide what's right or wrong, um, could we look at what the Nazis did during the Holocaust and say that that's, like, that's right. wrong? So it gets a little bit dicey. Yeah. Or like we could say the courts do, <laughs> yeah. but then you could look at cases where the courts. Clearly ignored like information and evidence and made a bad decision. So that has like fallacies as well. Oh, but it's such an important question because if we're to like govern ourselves as humans and be fair and equitable to each other and treat each other dignity, we gotta know what is right and what is wrong and where that comes from. Who has like who has the right to define that? Like I just don't. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> the question I
1: talk about with my partner all the time. And, um,
0: okay. there should be, like, one person who decides what is right and wrong. Yeah, uh, uh, because yeah, that could be kind of dangerous.
1: Exactly.
3: I
0: definitely Like, if I was the person who decided what is right and wrong in every society, like, that would be terrifying.
3: Exactly.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> humans just love, like, money and wealth and comfort and power. and Yeah, so that would be scary. I, I like
2: to put a lot of people. Then, okay. You know, I
0: know. Yeah. by the
1: population.
0: But you do see that there's maybe some fallacies in that. Like, the population can just do things that are really screwed up. Like, yeah. the Holocaust, for instance. Yeah. Like, the majority of the German people were just completely complicit with that. And so, but we would say that that's wrong. So, morality has to be, like, bulletproof somehow. But can it be bulletproof within mora- within humanity itself? Because humans are just, like, humans are bent towards greed oh, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> do you believe? Do you believe in God? you might be asking, are you an atheist, agnostic, or what's your worldview? Would you say I So it could be like a God, Like yeah. you not sure. Okay. Why would you say that we are here? Like, do you think there, there could be a creator that put everything here, like these trees, you know, all matter came from somewhere? Why would you say that we're here?
1: do the right thing as it happens
0: as we learn. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back to the initial yeah. question, what is the right thing? So like if our purpose is doing right, what is right? That's tough.
4: I'm going to be thinking about this <laughs> all Sorry about that.
0: And you've been very patient. and you for answering my questions.
4: No,
2: so, I mean, yeah, I can't
0: answer it. I believe I believe there is an answer that there is a creator, and the creator has given words to the creation and that those words to the creation will be found in scripture that we call the holy bible and many people who profess belief in this god do it wrong and they really screw things up because they're just total jerks so they actually use it as leveraging and power to suppress the people but yeah i believe that god's word is transcendent it's a transcendent source of morality and that the bible holds things in it like prophecies that have come true that only someone could have given us outside of space and time thus making the bible true dear, dear. so that's my answer to the question but i really appreciate your uh, honesty and yeah you seem like you're on the right track searching for truth and thank you so much you seem like a really nice person have a great day thank you okay so i'm here with uh with two ladies and you want to make up names
1: <laughs> Sanjay.
0: Oh, what was it? Sanjay. And they, they wish to not be on camera, so we're just filming their piece But, um, I'm gonna start with, on the left. What was your made-up name? Sanjay. Sanjay, I like that. Okay, here's the question. Are you ready? What is right or wrong, and who gets to define what it is? What is morality? Where does it come from? And who gets to set that, that standard? Ourselves. Ourselves? Okay. So... What if I decide stealing something is fun to me? Does that make it wrong? I mean you according to your definition of morality, that I can't be wrong. Well
1: I mean by law you'd be wrong, but I mean your morality is yourself. So I mean you you're your own moral.
0: So you're saying morality, individual morality and law are two different things. Yeah. Okay. So I can do whatever I want as long as I don't get caught by the law. <laughs> According to that definition, right? This is out of here. So, stealing is okay. Like stealing that thing, whatever it is, is okay. I just can't get caught doing it. Okay.
1: Right, I know exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, something like assault and battery, A husband beating his wife and harassing her and abusing her, is that okay as long as he doesn't get caught? Or someone yeah, abusing yeah. and neglecting an animal, is that okay as long as they don't get caught by the law? Yeah. Technically, according to your definition of the law. Yeah, it's a little bit I said, but then
1: you gotta think about the law. Says, but technically,
0: when it comes to a man or a woman, if you put yourself in that position? So. so you're saying that he is completely okay to be wife. That is not in the If she put her in that
1: position.
0: If she put herself in a position to marry no. a man who is abusive, then no. yes. it's all fair game. Yes. Okay. So, what about, it's a little bit more intense now. What about killing an innocent human being? So, according to your definition of morality, as long as I get caught doing it, it's a completely, it is a completely innocent human being. Let's say a child, God forbid. Am I wrong in doing it? Is something wrong? Let's say, I really you- well, want Technically,
1: yes, because that's an innocent
0: child. So it is yes, but according to your definition of morality, as long as I don't get caught by the law, quote unquote, it's not wrong. So just like I could beat my wife, as long as I don't get caught, then it's not immoral. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> okay, what did you
0: say? I said my morals are kind of... You said that your morals are kind of... Effed up. Yeah, <laughs> defini- would you say that your definition of morality is having a hard time holding water? Yeah. Yeah, okay. What, what's your name? Right. all right, very good. And that, that's totally your real name, right? Yeah. All right, All right. here's the question What is right or wrong, and who gets to define what it is? Like Stephen uh, first, is that right or wrong? That's wrong. And who gets to, who gets to define that? The person that's really
2: alone. The Lord. You know the mean? Lord, okay. He got you guys to be the one to tell you looks yeah. like. Okay, okay. Yeah. what's your name? Baby.
0: Hey. Baby. Hey. 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 And here's the question: What is right or wrong, or what is morality, and who gets to define it? Who gets to determine what is right or what is wrong? Got it. All right. And we was come Connie? Connie. Okay. We have Connie, and Connie. Here's the question. Are you ready? There's no right or wrong answer. Um, what is what is morality, and who gets to define what it is?
2: Um, morality. It's uh. Get choosing to do the good thing, the right thing, and only the Bible, only God gets to choose what morality is. And you know, we've seen them change over the last 50 years. We have gone down a spiral of immorality, and everybody says if you don't go along with the crowd, then you're the bigot, or you're the racist, or you're the one that's doing wrong. But the fact is, the Bible doesn't change, and the morality of the Bible doesn't change. And so. In order to have true morality, you have
0: to follow the, the ways of the Bible or being Okay. So you're saying even if 99% of a people group vote to make something legal or mandatory, if the Bible says that that's immoral, then that doesn't make it immoral just because 99% of people... Correct. Okay. So it's let's because say... because
2: the majority says this is the new morality. That yeah. doesn't change the laws and the statutes of the Bible. Bible
3: okay. is what we should be well, history where the majority has voted to do something that made it completely legal but the Bible says it is illegal or immoral Um.
2: well I mean back in Roman times they had pedophilia and everything is part of their pagan religion and most of the society went along with it but the Bible still said it wasn't wrong and worshiping any kind of pagan gods or any any god other than Jesus Christ yeah. was a a common culture of the day and it was even mandated as law mm-hmm. in several areas. I mean you were put to death for being a Christian, but that didn't change the fact that the Bible is the only way to eternal life and it's the only way to garner eternal life through Jesus Christ. So that's the
0: read it doesn't change. Very good, very
2: good. I just love the Bible and I love the Lord. And no matter where I've gone in life or what life's thrown at me, homelessness or whatever,
0: I know that he's the only way to eternal life, so I can't give him up, ever. Amen. Amen. So, uh, let me turn the
1: mic
0: off. Yeah. You guys ever done this before? (laughs) Um, what, What did you notice about, somebody tell me, what did you notice about the people's expressions who... Didn't automatically go default to the Bible as a source of morality. What did you notice? Like, what what struck you the most? Okay, let's do hands. Yeah, Brian. Confusion. Okay, Patrick. Long pause. Long pause. Okay, Mike. Michael. Hesitation. Hannah. Yeah. Anybody else? Good observations. Yeah, Tanya. Most did not want to be seen. Interesting, yeah, I didn't make that observation. Yeah. They were uh pausing to look for the answer within themselves. Pausing to look for the answer within themselves. Good. Suzanne. And that that person D. Mm-hmm. It was very funny to me, Yeah. that person D,
4: it was almost like they had this look on their face like, uh oh, I have the pot now.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you can kinda of see in their no face. What I see, yeah, you can kind of see in their face when they realize their worldview is, it cannot hold water, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, the minute it clicks. Like they start off their answer pretty confident, right? And then I keep asking them, and I keep prying, and eventually they're just like, I don't know, you know? And that, that is hopelessness, what you see there. And all of those people, all of those people had, had, the people that answered with confusing answers, they had one thing in common as well. When I was walking away, they had this like aura of like, please don't leave. They wanted me to stay and keep talking. Aww. And so with, with each of them, I was able to share the gospel Good. and to open up their eyes. So, Yeah, I do have hope. Yeah, I do have an answer to those questions. Yeah, I do. I have a worldview that I can stand on and say that that's wrong. Hitting your wife, wrong. Abusing an animal, wrong, right? I can say that because I believe that morality is transcendent and it comes from my creator, not from the populace, not from my heart, okay? But what we're experiencing, you know, those are just those are the, all the people I interviewed. You saw them all right there. It's 50-50 in Dothan, Alabama. 50-50, people thought morality comes from their own hearts. It comes from the populace. It comes from an authoritarian figure. You name it. And then the other 50% was like, no, morality just, did you, you see um, uh, Fabian? Yeah. Fabian was like, did you see the guy named Fabian? He, he just, right off the bat, he was just like, God, <laughs> it's like, duh, you know, I liked him, but just, there's no confusion. there's just hundred percent certainty. That's where it comes from. But we see that there's a diverging culture happening, even within Dothan, Alabama and the Bible Belt. And you guys ever try to board a boat from a dock, right? Or something like this. And it's like, it's drifting away, but you're like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not fully committed yet. And that's where I see a lot of the families within the body of Messiah right now. Is that they're like, wait, I want the fun things of the world, the entertaining things of the world, or this, you know, the, the pleasures of the world. But also I want this. I want to feel like I'm connected to a higher power somehow. I want salvation. But they're diverging. The cultures in America. And we call one side of that secularism. Secularism, we call it that. The belief that there is no God. The belief there is no creator. Okay, that's secularism. Secularism is growing in the United States of America. And we can say the other the other side is a theistic worldview or a biblical worldview that there is a God, there is transcendent morality, source of morality, right? But the two are splitting apart, and the people who are caught in the middle that can't make up where they're going to be, they're going to fall in the water, and they're going to be like fools, especially in God's eyes. So diverging cultures manifest themselves the following way. This is what this is. This column over here, secularism. This culture over here is biblical worldview, okay? That this culture says that morality is subjective, whereas the biblical worldview says that morality is objective. It does not change. It's outside of us, all right? One side says morality is relative to the culture. That's not dangerous, right? (laughs) Then the other side says morality is timeless and it cannot change. One side says morality is difficult to enforce. Did you guys hear that, that girl talking about, so wait a second, you're saying I can beat my wife as long as they don't get caught. Yeah, she put herself in that position. Yeah. What? You're saying that that's not wrong? What? What universe are you living? No, then my worldview says morality is simple to enforce. That's wrong. Cut it out. I'm gonna lock you up, right? You don't dare beat a woman. Okay, morality stems from the individual is what secularism says. You guys hear her saying that? Well, I think it comes from each of us. It's based on the individual. Some morals are higher, some morals are lower. You hear the woman in the restaurant on the left that didn't want to be on camera? She said, it's based on the individual. And some individuals have morality that are high, some have low, and they just kind of all need to get along with each other. Well, my morality stems from a transcendent higher power. It's not based on the individual, God forbid. Right, one, one morality says follow your heart while the other one says follow God's word alright secularism the stuff that's growing in the world today that says there is no transcendent higher power there is no creator it breeds moral relativism moral relativism breeds confusion and many of you in this room saw that on their faces those people looked confused All right? Where does this come to a head and is made manifest in our day and age? Hmm, I made a list. Human rights issues. So moral relativism and secularism jumbles up this stuff right here. Like for instance, are women equal in dignity and value to men? Do they deserve the same value and dignity as men? Are all races really equal? Does political affiliation determine value and worth? Those are kinds of things that secularism and moral relativism is getting all jumbled up and confused. What does the God of the Bible say about those things? Yes, of course women deserve dignity and respect. Yes, of course all races are equal. No, political affiliation and how you vote does not determine your worth. The the number of ones and zeros in your bank account does not determine your worth. You're made in the image of God, right? But moral relativism confuses all this stuff. And that's a conversation that's being had right now in the world, isn't it? What about this one, sexuality? Who or what can I interact with on that level? Can you believe that that's a conversation that's going on right now? What is fair game and what is not fair game? And moral relativism blurs all those lines. I mean, really, when you get down to it, like she said in ancient Rome, it was all fair game, was it not? And that's what moral relativism gives you. No boundaries. But yeah, no boundaries. But the God of the Bible says, no, there are boundaries. This is off limits, that's off limits, this all fair game, right? within the confines of a covenantal relationship between a man and a woman. That's biblical, holy sexuality, right? But moral relativism, gosh, all confused on that topic right there. Speech, this is another one that moral relativism is all confused on and jumbling up. Does speech equal violence? (laughs) And if so, who gets to control, regulate, or fact check our speech? Who do we hand those keys over to? The God of the Bible says that, that you can say that the, 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 whatever the thoughts of a man's heart will come out of his mouth, right? But that doesn't equal violence unless you're blaspheming certain things, right? But the, the moral relativist world is so confused over speech right now and who gets to say what? <laughs> That's crazy. That's, what about medicine? The moral relativist world is so in a tizzy about medicine right now, just like the Third Reich was. If the experts deem a procedure beneficial to the collective, does that make it moral and compulsory? That's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. That's terrifying. The God of the Bible says that you are to look, be careful what you put into your body. Be careful what you look at, what you listen to. Be discerning, be discerning. Gender, here's another where it's, the moral relativism is all in a tizzy over this one. All confused and blurring every single line. Who can decide a person's gender? And what is gender? Can you believe people are asking that question? What is gender? Is, is gender and sex different? Or anatomy and how you feel on the inside different somehow? It's so anti-science, it it's, blows my mind. What is gender? And does anatomy really dictate your gender? What does the God of the Bible say? Look at your anatomy. There you go, right? <laughs> Simple. There's boundaries. But moral relativism blurs all those boundaries and leaves us confused and leaves us bickering with one another. Humanity. Humanity. Can you believe we're having this conversation in the world right now? This is what moral relativism and secularism brings us. What is or isn't a human? This is where we completely lost our minds. Now I wanna take a moment and praise the state of Texas. They put a law in act this past week that said, if at six weeks, if there's a heartbeat, guess what? It's a human, you can't kill it. Yeah, thank you, Texas. Now, that that infant that's yet to pass through a birth canal is as human as everyone else in this room. And somehow we have convinced ourselves that coming in an hour of a birth canal is what defines what a human is. So if I, can, if I can take a human being and replicate, replicate the womb, I could put them in like this tank with the same amount of like amniotic fluid and the same solution, all this stuff. And I can even put like an, an umbilical cord thing on. Them. Like, does that make them not a human? Or suddenly do they lose their humanness and I can kill them? Or does consciousness define what a human is and isn't? You have to be conscious, and that right it so. I mean, if I slip into a coma for nine months, are you guys going to kill me? Because I'm not human anymore. Is that is that fair game? Does size determine what a human is? So the bigger a human, the bigger like a clump of cells, the more value they have. So like if they're a really small clump of cells, somehow they're not human. But if they're a big clump of cells, they are. Like where that's not a slippery slope, right? What about development? Does development determine what a human is and what a human isn't? So like a baby that's still in the womb, not fully developed, right? So we can say that's not a human. What about a three-year-old not fully developed? Is that not a human? You see how we begin to blur these lines and we're like, we're all trying to figure out where do we stand on this? And you know what? Fear is a powerful tool in the hands of moral relativists who say, hey, you wanna speak up for truth, I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to silence you. And then we all get each other like, hey, don't say that. Don't say that. Be careful. You don't want to say that. You're gonna, you're, it's going it's to get you censored. It's going to get you fired. It's going to get you demonetized or whatever the case may be. Well, fear is really contagious, and so is courage. And standing up on your principles and saying, no, that is a human. And I, I had students who came to me and said, wait, are you saying that if, you, if, if someone came to you and said, I'm going to abort this baby unless you take it into your home, you're saying you would take that baby into your home? You know what I said? How dare you for thinking that my principle, my principle on this matter, my conviction on this matter runs as deep as whether or not I have a spare bedroom in my house. God forbid. Of course I would take an infant into my home if it meant saving that infant's life and I would raise it up in the ways of God and it would be a sharp arrow that I would shoot out into the world. So be courageous. It's contagious. I didn't mean for that to run. If you are not providing an answer to these questions and this conversation that's circulating, if you're not putting these answers out in your home on a regular basis, don't worry, the world is very eager to do it for you. Do you understand? If your 12 or 13 year old has access to the internet in any way, gosh, if your nine year old has access to the internet in any way, if your nine year old gets on a school bus and goes to a public school, they're gonna come home with some of these answers, question, or some of these questions answered. And then they're gonna look at you when you provide a biblical answer, they are gonna say, okay, boomer, I already got the answer to that. You sound really legalistic. You sound really hateful. Guys, get these slides from me. Sit down at your dining room table ASAP. Go through them and say, do a Bible study as a family together and say, let's find the answers to these questions. The world is really confused about this stuff, isn't it? Let's sharpen you like an arrow and send you into the world. And I mean, when I was making these slides and playing this video, the boys were watching over my shoulder and looking at it. They were watching it. What you think is too young to talk about this stuff might not be too young to talk about this stuff. You got me? Yeah, question. Well, first of all, on the whole subject of
2: gender, there's been so much written about it, so much said about it, especially in social media, Mm -hmm. to where kids that are very young Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm now questioning who they are. Yeah,
4: as far as gender, because those thoughts have been thrusted. But the, the scripture that came to my mind immediately when you were saying all that about the gender was, You are
0: fearfully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made. Yeah, and if you go from that, that is the answer. Yeah, absolutely. As a gender and anatomy,
4: yes, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would throw a challenge out to Kay Ivey as well. Um, she, could, she could exert some of her energy that she's using blaming unvaccinated people for, for a pandemic and instead look at drafting a bill like what Texas did and actually saving human lives instead of creating division in her state. But that takes courage, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So in other words, Proverbs is saying you will be 100% convinced you're doing the right thing, but it'll lead to your death. That's terrifying, is it not? Jeremiah 17.9 says this about the gospel of Disney, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Follow your heart, right? No. Don't... Follow your heart. Follow after the heart of God. Follow his word and his decrees. Now there's good news. Yeshua touches on this. He says, For from within the hearts of men come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. But the good news is, Ezekiel says... That God will give us a new heart And put a new spirit within us He will remove our heart of stone And give us a heart of flesh And it says I will put my ruach within you And cause you to want to walk in my ways That's the gospel, is it? Now 2 Peter three nine says Here's another piece of good news About the situation that we find ourselves in Is that we all deserve God's judgment and wrath Don't we? We all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. We all have done things that entitle us to receive the capital punishment. But Peter says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand, but he's patient with us. And he's patient with the world. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and its works will be laid bare. So in other words, all those folks on that video, b Connie, Chelsea, all those folks I interviewed, the Lord is patient with them and wants them to repent. Guys, I really encourage you, get out there, not only ask those hard questions that you just saw me ask on this video, but provide the answer for them. People are longing for that. People are so hungry for direction and vision and answers to those deep questions. And it's so easy to provide the answers. We just gotta be courageous and get out there and do it. Now, this might happen in your workplace. It might happen at school. Gosh, you can get out there and walk downtown Dothan with me or whatever. Let's do it. But be courageous. So with that, we're gonna to go to Nitzavim QA. Michael, you've had your hand up for a while, I want to honor that. Um <laughs> uh, so with the question of what is a human, you know, uh we're not allowed to do uh I mean, sometimes it's you we know, as an artist, but we can't touch it if it's an endangered animal. Yeah. Yeah. Just show how dumb this idea is because yeah. I mean they put such laws to protect those so called endangered animals yeah. yet we kill a human being. yeah well and the, the, I've gone to do this before but I don't have time for, the whole abortion movement the, the mass murder of tens of thousands The United States of America is birthed out of the eugenics movement to eradicate certain races, to eradicate poverty. And what's interesting when you read articles from a leftist standpoint about Texas's bill that just passed is that they are saying that this is going to somehow hurt minorities in America. Wait a second. So many more people of minority ethnic groups are going to be able to live now. And they say, well, they don't they'll be they'll grow up in poverty. Would they rather be dead or be in poverty? <laughs> and some of the greatest civil rights activists grew up in abject poverty. They overcame. Poverty sometimes breeds hope and desperation, and that's good. Yeah, Rob, did you have your hand up? Yeah. yeah, the Planned Parenthood is trying to distance itself from Margaret Singer right now as they realize that she was caught all up in the eugenics movement. There's yeah. a Christian moving out, dealing with morality and all that. I remember I saw the time that And to make a long story
3: short, it's about a college professor back in the late 1800s where they were teaching morality. The reason for morality is the Bible of God. There was one college professor who said, let's teach it without God. Hmm. The future.
0: Okay. It's called Time Machine. Time so for machine. those who couldn't hear, there's a movie called Time Machine time, where time changer, time changer, Is that what the Time Changer Okay. Where the, these this professor says, I'm going to go into the future and show you what, what civilization looks like. Teaching devoid of there being teaching devoid of a biblical worldview. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. So you can check that out. Thank you for chiming in. Any other questions or comments about this week's Torah portion? I
1: mean, you're a human at conception.
0: You're a human at conception. That's what I firmly believe as well. That's what I believe the Bible says.
2: I don't know if on I mean,
0: Yeah, Mr. Joanne. yeah yeah it's a step in the right direction for sure but yeah it could go farther in the preservation of human life yeah yeah Darlene hmm hmm
1: interesting I didn't know that interesting
0: yeah I'm good guys oh wow all right, any other questions or comments? Yeah, Patrick. Um, while we we're, we're talking about this, there's, there's
3: this old country song that comes to mind, and was, this guy's sing about something that's bad, and his dad said, that, that you gotta stand for something or you'll fall for anything.
2: Mm. And I think
3: that's very true. You know, uh, uh, relative moralism, and having that kind of wishy-washy. I mean, you are clearly, and mm-hmm. you yeah, fall for
0: yeah, yeah. Patrick says if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Good, yeah, Stacey. Stacey says, for those who couldn't hear, it's like we're living on the fumes of biblical morality in America. Like she said, you know, that one person, Chelsea, she said, I like to put a lot of faith in my fellow humans. Well, you can say that because you're not living in Cambodia during the communist revolution, right? You can say that because you're not living in Ghana. You're not living in Nigeria where they're literally macheting Christians to death right now. You can say that. Because you're living in the fumes of the biblical worldview that, it, that America was running on. and yes.
4: went to abortion clinics, they stood outside the clinics, they saw the people coming out. We had to explain to four or five, six year six-year-old Lady went in, she came mm-hmm. out, she doesn't have a baby mm-hmm. anymore. And they are difficult conversations, but then by the time they reach the age of these people, well, it's not just theories. It's mm-hmm. it, they grow up and they've able to see the people yeah. and make a connection with what's what's going on in not just conversations. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep. Um, she's she's basically saying uh um let trying to distill it i guess basically like have those conversations at a young age and um your kids can understand and grasp some of these concepts better than what you give them credit for is that what you're, so you'd be surprised any other uh, questions yeah Rob.
3: Well. yeah i was just going to say the following father said that the constitution was based on the work of the society that's moral and just. when it mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I was thinking about it this morning. This is gonna come uh as a shock to some people, but when and how it shapes out, I'm not sure. But because I, I was remembering that same thing this morning, Rob, and I didn't mention it today, but I'm glad you did. That if you cannot hold a moral fabric together as a society, then that fabric's going to tear. I don't know how or when this will come about, but I believe if we stay on this trajectory, the United States of America is absolutely headed for a literal civil war. And I think that there is more division, more polarization and emotion um, in our nation than we've ever seen. Um, it, could just, it could just be the striking of a match. It could be 20 years, it could be 50 years, I don't know. But because that moral fabric is, is gone, we're on fumes. Some pockets of the United States of America are still holding onto the fundamental truth of God's word, but that's not enough. That's going to hold a nation together, in the sense that it is right now, and that saddens me so much, for sure. Any other questions? Yeah, Todd. Can you go back to your, you know, you
3: listed out the different building blocks?
0: Uh, I'm going to stop. There, right there. So look at the lists on the left. Those
2: build upon each other. Mm-hmm. but they're all squishy and
3: mm-hmm. nonsensical but you almost get a world view that once you buy one piece of that puzzle, you've got to buy all the rest no matter mm-hmm. how ridiculous they are Yeah. and then kind of jump to another subject everything God says on the right, when you ask those people that are morally squishy and don't know where morality comes from, where does right and wrong if you Pin them down on what is right and wrong. They're going to parrot the list on the right. Mm-hmm. Not, they're not going to say it came from God. Oh, you shouldn't kill your neighbor. You shouldn't steal. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Well, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, you just made it up. Oh, well, it's just a human thing. Yeah. Really, and where did that come from?
0: A lot of people I talk to have a high sense of equity and fairness and love and justice, and they just don't have a worldview to back it up. Yeah. Like I said, you know. What if I like to hit puppies? Of that yeah. No exactly. Oh
3: that, oh, that block. Oh, that doesn't agree. Okay, I'll get rid of that. And substitute with something else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If it it's today. Yep. And then tomorrow, it's something else. In so you're kind mm-hmm. of saying, if you, can, if you can show them that really
1: they are lying what they're saying, a lot of times it really goes better with that column. Well, it
3: makes a lot more sense on
0: yeah. So you're saying you just take one block out of the left-hand column and the whole thing crumbles? Well, yeah. 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 They
3: all build upon each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how people, you know, that uh, cognitive dissonance, once you kick one of those blocks out, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, what do I do? They either get lost in a spiral or they grab onto something that's solid yeah. and work their way towards that.
0: Yeah. Was my tone in the video, was it judgmental and harsh? Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. What was it? How would you describe my tone as I'm asking questions? Yeah, normal, yeah? That's relative. Inquiring, genuinely interested, right? Genuinely, like, how do you explain this, you know? Polite, right? And that's kind of the template of how you need to approach people with these kinds of questions, is be polite. Be, Be genuinely interested, right? genuinely love that person like i love those people in that video and some of them i'm like this person seems like such a a kind person and man like they have this like they just have the image of god written all over them they just don't have the worldview to explain why they do that breaks my heart but there's so many people in the world like that all right any other questions yeah, Michael. And some of those people, their um, world views have self-destruct buttons on them. They, mm-hmm. they say
1: one thing,
2: but then when you ask them a the question,
0: they say another thing. Yeah, you said some of them have self-destruct buttons on them. When they say one thing, they're actually contradicting. Yeah, yeah, very good.
2: All right, cool. We're going to do the blessing over the fruit of the vine.